Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure, Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. Have I got a show for you so interesting, and I'm calling this Creativity by Design. It's October 2nd. Can you believe it? We're in the last quarter. If you keep track of business quarters, it's the 275th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. And we used to use a Julian calendar, and then a pope named Gregory said, I don't like where Julian put the leap days. I'm going to change the calendar. Fern likes that. So he just went ahead and changed the calendar. And then, boom, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, we're using the Gregorian calendar. So that's where it is. And I have to warn all of you, it's the 40th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me because I do radios every Monday. And there are 90 days remaining in the year. That means, and I'm not going to name my guests yet, but ladies, I'm just going to say, Linda, Tonya, and Fern, if you happen to like something to imbibe on New Year's Eve, it's going to be another great New Year's Eve because we're all still here, right? Okay, it's another (laughs) celebration. Right, Fern got that. So if you're going to do anything online, the shelves will be cleared soon. People are going to start preparing for their party, alcoholic or not. If you have a relative who used to make bootleg whiskey in a still in the back of the house get the still out if you think you want some really good whiskey start now and if you like Kahlua or anything that's on the sweet side and you have an extra sink in the garage or the basement you could make your own but it takes time so you've all been warned okay now before I introduce my guests <laughs> now Fern gets it I do I'm the, I'm the warm-up comedian here Fern there you go she rushed home in traffic and she's on her iPhone just to hear me make a joke there you go ladies put up your fingers in the shape of the letter L please Okay, Fern, you've never done a show like this before, I guarantee it. On the count of three, you're all going to join me, and together, at this pace, we're going to say, hello, L, L, L. On the count of three, one, two, three. Hello, Hello. L, 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 L. Oh. Not bad. A little bit lag, but we've got all kinds of microphones here. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. She lives in Whitestone, New York. I've been trying to take up a GoFundMe, a fake one. All right. We're not fooling anybody. We didn't, but we said we would. To move her somewhere with an L, we tried to get her to move to London, but it was too damn hot. And then I looked around all around the United States for places. <laughs> Linda's cracking up. Places that started with L, and I realized uh, one year ago, it's actually one year and two days ago, I moved to a place that started with an L. So I have to find a house or an apartment or a condo to move Laura to. And the reason I moved here, it's Loudoun, Tennessee. Uh, This is for you, Tanya. Tanya, I was looking at the map and I tend to tilt my head a little bit. And the N in London, I saw it upside down and it turned into a U and Fern's starting to tilt her head. Fern tilted a lot there. You're going to see Loudoun instead of London. And that's where I bought a house. So here I am in Loudoun, Tennessee. Just one of those things that happen when you tilt your head. <laughs> anyway, ladies, it's so nice to have all of you here. I'm going to introduce my guests, and I want you all to, you know what? Let me introduce you, and then we're going to play a little game since I already started. So just wave hello to the audience. Everybody can see you on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and they can hear you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Fern Brady. We have Fern. She comes to me courtesy of my good friend and a wonderful supplier of interesting people for the show, Mickey Mickelson. Fern is a former foreign correspondent. She'll tell us in a few minutes what that is. She's a prolific novelist. She's a children's book author. She's a poet. I am too, Fern. She's also a publisher, a teacher, and the head of the Houston Writers Guild. Obviously, she doesn't do anything. She just sits around all day. Fern, lovely to meet you. Can't wait to hear from you. J. Cronin, I have your middle initial here. We can dispense with it later. She holds a degree in physiological psychology. Never heard of that, you have to tell me. And civil environmental engineering. <laughs> You're a smart lady. She wrote the children's book, Positopia, P-O-S-I-T-O-P-I-A World. Positopia World, The Hidden Portal. She creates therapeutic games and toys for children. She'll tell us why. And she started the nonprofit, Help Children Heal. Linda, so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. And then we have the lovely Tanya Comer, C-O-M-E-R, if you're looking for her. Well, she wrote a book called High Heels on a Ladder. That's already dangerous because uh, I used to do that when I was a programmer and I had to climb up to put the, never mind, the seven power tools for designing your life. She left a career in broadcasting. Why? To become an award-winning interior designer. And Tanya licenses her home furnishing products for sale worldwide. Tanya, thank you for joining me. So ladies, before I do my little intro here, I have a poetic version that ChatGPT wrote for me. I want to read that. But I want to ask you, is anybody a Libra? Anybody? Anybody a Libra? Well, I am. And I'm not going to tell you when, but it's coming up very soon. And it's we're not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I told my kids, no gifts. Just you know, call me and that's it. Okay, we're not celebrating, no parties, anything. So I want to know, uh, since Libra, I always try to do where we are in terms of the sign of the zodiac at the day of the show. So Libra comes from the ancient Greek zygos, Latin for scales. Isn't that interesting? Libra, and I never said I was balanced. Fair, but maybe not balanced. Libra is the seventh astrological sign in the zodiac. It spans 180 to 210 degrees celestial longitude. Get out your measurements or your sextants or whatever they call them. Symbol for the scales of justice held by Themis, the Greek personification of design, divine law and custom. She, oh good, she inspired modern depictions of Lady Justice. We know what she looks like. Libra is the only zodiac sign represented by an inanimate object. Did you all know that? No. Every, I didn't realize, see, the research is really important. The other 11 are represented by an animal or a mythological character. Mm -hmm. Now, personality, Libras were born to be VIPs. If you have any of these traits, just wiggle one of your nice fingers at me. Fern, you didn't see. The middle finger is not the nice one, any other finger. So <laughs> wiggle if you if you are born to be a VIP. I think you all are. Even you, Linda, I know you're shy, but you're a VIP. Libras conquered their field of choice through their intelligence. We all have a lot of intelligence, I can tell their charm, their likable nature. Libras are incredibly cooperative and fair-minded. I think we know that. They're great at launching new initiatives. Does that apply to all of you, I think? Mm. Yes, ladies? Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, yes, Tanya, you too. I didn't see you nodding, but yes. <laughs> Libras, listen what I found online. You're going to love this. This is why you want to be an honorary Libra, but I'm a real Libra. Libras are some of the most interesting and clever people around. They're witty. They're smart. They're excellent conversationalists. Oh, be still my heart. They have active imaginations. Well, I claim that. And they're quick on their feet, great company, and great problem solvers. They're obsessed with symmetry, and they strive for equilibrium in all areas of their life. 
ruled by Venus, the planet that governs, governs love and beauty and money. They adore high art, intellectualism, connoisseur, connoisseurship, and Libra is a cardinal sign, as I said, great at launching new activities, new initiatives. Ladies, how many of you really want to be a Libra with me? Anybody? Come on. <laughs> Fern, how can you resist? Tanya, come I on. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. You could do it. Okay. Just for you. Just for you. Thank you. Now, you're going to love this. Here are four recommended careers. One of them, Tanya, is a designer. That's a career for Libras, and that's what you do. Decorators, art critics, and stylists. So we're all going to be stylists. Now, here's a couple couple of famous Libras. You're going to love this. Kim Kardashian. Well, she's been busy. How about Bruno Mars? Love his music. Serena Uh Williams. Talk about entrepreneur initiatives. My goodness, what a businesswoman. Naomi Osaka, the tennis player. Bella Hadid, Cardi B. Gwyneth Paltrow. Won't talk about her. Catherine Zeta-Jones, the rapper Eminem. John Mayer, Dakota Johnson. Doja Cat, Gwen Stefani, who married Blake Shelton. Zach Efron, I saw him in a terrible movie. He showed way too much. Uh, it was bad grandpa. It was just don't even watch. Kate Winslet, oh, yeah. John Krasinski, Fran Drescher, who is leading the, the actor's strike to try and get, yes, we know about AI. Uh, Kelly Ripa, whoa. Joy Behar, Alicia Silverstone, singer Avril Levine, Levine, Julie Andrews, Snoop Dogg, and of course, Judge Judy as a Libra. There are the scales. There's the balance. How fair is she? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so who wants to be an honorary Libra? Raise your hand. I'll join you. Come on. Just for okay. You. Just, for you. <laughs> Just for me. Thank you very much. Okay. Now I want to read you the little poem that ChatGPT wrote for me with the intro that I just read you. I think you'll like it. And then we're going to do the bios. So first will be Linda, then we'll be, I'm sorry, first Fern, then Linda, and then Tanya. So in the realm of radio where stories take flight, AKA Radio Red welcomes creatives all shining bright. You're all, come on, show me. You're all shining bright, shine bright. So listen or watch and she'll surely delight. Fern Brady, a correspondent in times before, now spins novels, poems, and children's lore. In her words, imagination will soar. I hope you like that. Mm-hmm. Fern, mm-hmm. I love it. Linda Cronin shares knowledge each day. In Positopia World, she leads the way, plus children's books and therapeutic play. Did you like that, Linda? Pretty Perfect. cool. Okay, Tanya, you're next. Tanya Comer from the Airwaves found Interiors Her Why, designing uniquely the rules to defy. In high heels on a ladder, whoops, she climbed so high. You like that, Tanya? Well, I thought it was pretty cool. So, AKA Radio Red sets the airwaves agleam, shining light on creativity with today's trio team. That's the three of you speaking to the world. She's living her dream. That's my dream. Speaking to smart people. Thank you. I've been using uh, for even for my business, my technology shows, I've been asking ChatGPT to write a poem based on my research. And then I will, I add the human touch and I change a few words. So it's a collaboration and it's kind of cool okay so let's go around the table fern brady i'm putting you on speaker view it's so nice to meet you and thank you for coming home in traffic to be on the show you have to tell mickey you're alive i really would appreciate that i hope you did fern i'm putting you on speaker view you're the only one people are going to see would you please take about just about three minutes and fill us in on what you do how you got involved and what you do and a little bit about your creativity fern welcome Hello, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad I could make it. Houston traffic, you know, is crazy, but I'm alive and well. So definitely, um, I started my life as a writer. Um, As a kid, I made up all kinds of stories. 
And so I naturally gravitated to professions that had writing in them, like being a journalist. But I very quickly discovered that it's harder to write when someone else is telling you what to write about than it is to just write your own inspiration. So I left journalism, went into teaching. I love teaching, love working with kids. I work with I've worked with sixth graders for 15 years. I work with fifth graders now. Um, and then, you know, I found my love again and my passion in writing when I joined the Houston Writers Guild. And eventually I became a member of the board and now I'm kind of in, in the leadership there. But um, through the guild and through the critique groups and through the networking, I started working again my novels and eventually they got published and I began to see the opportunity to work with other authors and be kind of a publisher. Um, and so I started working with several really amazing authors who entrusted me with their work. And, and that's kind of uh, in a really quick synopsis how I came to be where I am doing, uh, you know, 500 different hats that all sort of sort of work together in many in in many ways but it's certainly um interesting to juggle them interesting the way you described it for and i'm thinking of a smorgasbord maybe where you yes. say oh there's some really really cool appetizers i think i'll have a little bit of that and then i i really want to go over to a main course but salad would be good today and then of course there's dessert i find with my creative projects i might say today i'm going to paint a little bit and i'm going to go back to my novel maybe today maybe not today i'm going to work on my radio shows it's nice to have that do you uh, tanya and, and linda do you have something similar to fern where you've got a lot of things going on isn't that nice <laughs> Isn't that cool? We used to call it multitasking and it sounded awful. <laughs> it just sounded awful and boring and like, oh my God, what's wrong with her? And now I think it's, I'm going to call it the, the smorgasbord uh, effect. I like that. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll coin, that we'll certainly coin it. sounds a lot more appetizing. Than, Doesn't than... it really? I know. Yes. The trouble is that you think you want dessert first and sometimes that's okay too. Thank you very much, Fern. I did email Mickey that you're here, so you're fine. Linda Cronin, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please do us the honor of introducing yourself? Tell us all about what you do, Positopia World, and how that all came to be. Linda, welcome. Hi, thank you. So I'm Linda Cronin and I am a civil engineer by trade, but I adopted two children in 2008 from Guatemala. And I actually asked for healthy children because I know I'm not the most patient person in the world. And, you know, I ended up getting two children with serious mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, we realized that shortly after we got them home. I mean, adopted children come with these issues, you know, for obvious reasons, but I, you know, I was completely blindsided. I had a cousin who was adopted. She seemed fine, you know, so I didn't know. But anyways, luckily we had some help. We got them. They were diagnosed with, it's called reactive attachment disorder. Mm -hmm. For one, oppositional defiant disorder, sensory processing disorder, et cetera, et cetera. So basically it's attachment issues. So because of what happened to them in early childhood, they have, cannot attach. They didn't get their needs met, so they don't attach. So Fast forward to now where they are teenagers and we, one of our biggest problems is that they never learned how, or, or they can't, they have a problem being vulnerable. So they don't verbalize their emotions before they act them out. So still throw, you know, tantrums in the face of being, you know, a teenager, how that looks, but 
afterwards, oh yeah, I had this test tomorrow and I'm so nervous about it. I'm like, you could have just told me that five minutes ago, you know, but so because of that and the numerous amount of seminars and conferences and, you know, books that I have read on parenting children from trauma, I realized that we need to, had we known this when they were younger, you know, but four, you know, four years old, it, you know, somewhere in there, you can teach them these habits. So I decided I needed to write this children's book. Basically, it's to teach children to verbalize their emotions and use simple self-regulation techniques. And it's in such a fun way in Positopia world is just about Jack and Ellie who are based on my kids and they go into another world, the adorable little wooden creatures help them. So it's, they don't know they're learning this. They teach them belly breathing. They teach them humming. So, you know, it's like hiding spinach in their smoothies, you know, so they don't know they're, they're learning it. Right. So then they can make it a habit. And I mean, the benefits of being able to do that are just um, lifelong. The benefits are huge. So that's, my why in a nutshell thank you very much linda what a what a poignant story what an interesting story we all find there are surprises in life we didn't we didn't know what was in the package we bought or we adopted or whatever and it it happens but what's interesting to me is that you found a way to not only help you yourself and your kids but to share it with other parents who didn't have your creativity, who who didn't know what to do. You added something of value to the culture. And isn't that what it's all about? You were inspired and you took action. So I'm going to say thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and now let's go to another courageous creative here. We I like courageous creativity. I had a guest who said that about three, four months ago. He said, I think it's courageous. Well, we know curiosity is part of creativity, but I like courageous. So we've got another courageous one. Tanya Comer, welcome. I'm putting you on speaker view. Let's hear from you. What's what are you all about? Who are you all about? Absolutely. Well, I'll start with a fun fact first. Um, I am a roller coaster junkie. I live for the zip line. I call my if you call me Jane, I won't be offended. <laughs> and I also am a top shelf chef wannabe. I love to cook. And in my career, my career is about as diverse as I am in my interest. Um, I, I, I tell people that my career has been like following breadcrumbs. I started my career very young with an interest in broadcasting and I built a career in broadcasting from being an audio journalist to production. Found my way into the corporate world via marketing and built a climb the corporate ladder. And while I was there, I discovered interior design. And this created this light bulb moment for me. And I discovered that I actually, not only do I have an interest in interior design, I actually have some talent for it. And I built an interior design business. I've worked my business since 2002. And along the way of my journey of building my business, I hit my version of rock bottom. And as I was rebuilding my life, another breadcrumb showed up and that was I discovered my real purpose for being on this planet and that is to serve and help women uh, to overcome shame and self-doubt to find love and wholeness and so now I am an author I am a speaker and I'm on this phenomenal mission to help one million women globally create a global love revolution 
So my wow. life has been full of breadcrumbs. <laughs> I would say so. You've been busy as well. What What's your favorite kind of interior to design, Tanya? Is it residential? Is it commercial? Is it institutional, industrial? I hope I hit a couple of spots. Residential. Okay. And families, couples, uh, high-end people, uh, starters? Believe it or not, I love working with couples. They are the most challenging, but I love it. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have a, a, a neighbor, I won't mention any names here, and she told me that the entire house is her husband's, but they, because of illness, they have separate, shall we say, boudoirs, okay? And she said her bedroom is her magical place. That's designed exactly the way she wants it. And I thought that was kind of cool. So when she came to visit me and I showed her my house for the first time, she looked at me and she, because I, I took the sunroom in this house, I didn't need a sunroom. I didn't want to eat breakfast at the other end of the house. Why would I want to schlep food from one part of the other? And I turned it into an art room. It's got, it's a corner. It's not heated and it's not air conditioned, but it has beautiful light. It's on the back corner of the house, right on the deck. And I turned it into an art studio. And I took my mom's old dining room table that I hauled from New York to Durham to down here. It's a beautiful table with a couple of leaves, opened it up, put a great big piece of glass on top, put some pads on top, and I have all my paints and my canvases and my collage stuff and my acrylics and, oh, everything is there. And it's, it's my cave. But she looked at this and she said to me, this is freedom. Mm. Isn't that interesting? She looked at the way I designed my house and she said, this is your freedom. I had never heard it put quite that way. I thought that was really cool. So let's move on. Thank you, ladies, for the bios. I'm just delighted to meet all of you. This is my joy is talking to interesting people on Monday night. So let's go around the table. Uh, Fern, I'm going to tell you because you weren't here for our, our greeting here because I know you were in traffic. We're going to do the quotes next. So I'm going to read the quote you sent with a little bit of backup and background. And then I'm going to ask you to take about three minutes and tell us what this has to do with your creativity, Fern Brady. So Fern sent the following quote from Frodo Baggins, played by Elijah Wood, talking to Gandalf, played by, I believe, the late Ian McKellen. And it's from, of course, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 2001 epic fantasy adventure film set in Middle Earth. I'm going to stop there. If somebody, do Oh, by the way, it was one of the American Film, film Institute's 100 Greatest American Films in History as of 2007. Okay, and the most recent and only film released in the 21st century on the list. Isn't that interesting? So here's the quote. Frodo says, I wish none of this had happened. I don't do a good Frodo impersonation. Sorry, Fern. I wish none of this had happened. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. I'm just making this up. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Fern, how'd I do? Is that okay? I loved it. I love it. <laughs> One of my, I love it. And it, and, and it's such a, um, it's such a huge part of how I live my life because, you know, there's, there's so much that life throws at you like today, you know, uh, usually I'm home by four 30 and I'm able to touch up and be ready and not today, not today because today I needed to be here. And so life threw, you know, a curveball and, and so a lot of times I have come to a place where I have to understand, okay, I can't get frazzled. I can't get upset. You know, this is what I've been given right now. I'm going to make the most out of it. I'm going to, I'm not going to let it get me. I'm not going to, you know, and, and I feel like that 
sense of, you know, you have this time. Life has given you this time. Use it, you know, use whatever it throws at you to grow, to be stronger, to to achieve your dreams. And and so for me, that that was critical as I was teaching and was so immersed as a teacher. When I met the people at the Houston Writers Guild, it, it made me realize, hey, you know what? You you abandoned your first love, which was writing the creative I mean, teaching is very creative, too. But, you know, I was like, OK, there's still time. There's always time. And so I just love Gandalf and and all the wisdom that <laughs> he he pours out in, in the book and in the films. Lovely. Thank you very much. I'm thinking as you're talking of there's a, a new hero in Hollywood. Uh, it's uh, Quinta Bre Brenton. And she wrote Abbott Elementary, which is one of the top new shows before the writer's strike. And she writes about an elementary school in inner city and what goes on. And it's a comedy, but it possibly would resonate with some of your teaching experiences on the inside. Abbott Elementary, look look for the reruns before the, the new stuff comes out. Quinta Brunt, Brunton, I think is her name. She's just lovely. She, she did a, um, I, I attended... Um, Oh, I keep a Vimeo channel for some of my uh, off-air things that I do, videos, just to pop, plop them there and show people something before it gets posted. And uh, they had a big, big presentation with a full day of presentations of people on how to use video and what to do and where things were moving. And Quinta Brunson was one of the speakers, and it was, it was really cool to see her. So let's move on. Linda Cronin, you have sent me a quote from Airplane 1980 comedy, uh, Passenger, played by Leslie Nielsen, called Dr. Rumack, Airplane, alternatively titled Flying High. I'm sure there's a an oxymoron or two in there is uh, blah 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 written by the Zucker brothers. Uh, it starred, um, let's see, it starred Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack. Wow, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and Lorna Patterson. A parody of the disaster film genre, particularly Zero Hour, which is a Paramount film from 1957. It borrowed the plot. So here we go. Here's the line. I have no idea what this means. I can't do a good Leslie Nielsen parody, but I'll do my best. I'm serious, and don't call me Shirley. Okay, Linda. <laughs> rescue, rescue us, dear. Rescue, rescue us. Okay. Go ahead. What, is name? everybody laughing? Everybody's laughing. So actually, the part of that is like, you know, he says, can you fly this plane and land it? And Ted Sarker says, surely you can't be serious. He says, I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And I don't know what it is, but every time I hear it, I laugh. And every time I hear somebody say Shirley, I have to say that. So I kept pushing it away and pushing it away. I said, no, that's silly. You can't do that. You're supposed to be like philosophical and deep or something. And, I, and it just kept coming. And this is what part of my creativity comes from is that is if I try to push it away, it just keeps hitting me upside the head says, no, you're going to do this. So I went with it and I said, okay, so what does that mean? Really? Well, it makes me laugh. Right. And what is laughing? Laughing, you're not out of control, right? But you're, you're, you're relinquishing control. You're just, ah, you're laughing. It's funny. It doesn't make any sense in the moment. It's great. And so that's, one of those things for me is long if I can if I just if it comes and comes I, I, I can't push it away I have to run with it it was kind of like when I wrote this book um, 
when his second book in my series, which is now going to be the third book, but it said, tie her shoes, tie her shoes. I said, well, no, I'm, I'm going to, you know, reduce my age to, to six. I, I, I don't want to do that. Kept hitting me upside the head. So I said, okay, I ran with it. And it ended up being a book about, I, I can, if I practice, if I can't, I'm not going to get it done. And it ended up being a really good book. So that was it for me was if it keeps slapping me upside the head, I've got to run with it. That's very cool. I hadn't heard it expressed quite that way. You know, we talk every Monday night about creativity, and I've never heard anybody said, if it keeps slapping me upside the head like that, I've got to do something with it. That's really cool. I've been writing my murder mystery thriller, sarcastic, I need a pen name, because if people knew I had written it, they would come after me with something very dangerous. And uh, it just hit me that I needed, because it's about a serious topic, but it's completely satire. It, I, it's it's so over-the-top satire. I read it, and I sit here and laugh, and I, I've stopped writing it because I'm having so much fun reading it, but i got to get back. And the other day it dawned on me, Linda, out of the blue, yesterday, that I needed to put some statistics about what the subject was to ground it in reality before I launched into the book. So the prelude is going to have some numbers in it. And I, it, it never dawned on me to do that, to basically level set the topic as to why. I'll tell you all at, off air afterwards what it's all about. It's, it's hysterical. Anyway, thank you very much. Let's go to Tanya. Tanya has picked a quote from Shug Avery, played by Margaret Avery. Singing voice was played by Tata Vega, The Color Purple, 1985 American epic coming-of-age period drama film. Lily, a.k.a. Shug Avery, or the Queen Honeybee, is a beautiful, vivacious, flamboyant blues singer considered a loose woman. She's a sickly showgirl, and she's the longtime mistress of Mr. in the show. And here is the quote. I think it pisses God off when you walk by the color purple in a field and don't notice it. Tanya, what does this have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. It actually uh, speaks a lot to the origin of how I found my creative expression. I was working for an office furniture company, Steelcase, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they had this department called the A&D department, which stood for architects and designer. And this, de this department was devoted to marketing, providing support and services to architects and designers around the globe. And in the this 2,000 square feet were lots of walls that had a tackable surface. And on these surfaces were things like fabric and pictures of old ads of consumer products or automobiles or technology, anything, anything that you can imagine was featured on these tackable walls. And it was showing the histor historical perspective of the evolution of design what it looked like in when it was first originated to what it had looked at, look, what it looked like at that particular moment in time. And so I would take my lunch and I would study these boards. And what I walked away from this lunchtime study experiment was that every single thing we interact with has been designed, everything. And so what that meant to me at, at this point in my life was that I can't take for granted that all of the things around me have been created either by someone's hands or by some miracle that we call, some people call God. Now, what does that have to do with the color purple? It would be, I think it is an insult. 
if we do not notice the design and beauty in everything, everything, be it, be it the good, the bad, the, the ascent and the pure, you know, it makes a lot more sense to be able to see the design and beauty. So, um, to walk by a field of the color purple would be an insult to nature to not see it. And that quote just reminds me of the importance of recognizing the beauty in all things. That's lovely, Tanya. And I just reached for my purple lipstick. I forgot to put it. Is that what you were doing? I was. How's that fern? Does that I go with your it. hair? And Tanya, that does that... Does that go with your quote? And Linda, totally it goes a little bit with your dress. See, I try to pull all the threads together. That was lovely, Tanya. That's very, very interesting. I bought a house that was occupied by a, a gentleman. His wife passed away about six years ago, but he was here for 17 years. And he was a prolific gardener. And we had a bitter, brutal winter here in Tennessee last mm -hmm. year. And the things that I saw when I moved here last September 30th that looked like they might bloom again and I had somebody come and trim them all down. So, well, what looked like really nice plants ended up with sticks. I mean, sticks you could literally snap off that were three feet tall and I'm snapping stuff off. And some of them came back and some of them didn't. But out front, right near the driveway, I'm on a corner, I've never owned this much property in my life. Yeah. I bought the house over the internet. That says it all, right? I never set foot here until the day I closed. What? That was exactly my, what? This is mine. Anyway, so I thought, well, what are these sticks? You know, I'm, I'm laying them on the ground. I'm snapping them off. I'm covering the dirt with them. And I'm figuring, okay, white sticks, I'll throw them in the garbage. Well, one day green starts to grow, Tanya and Linda mm. and Fern, on the, on the ground and the dirt. And the green gets bigger and bigger. It ended up being an eight foot tall, fully bloomed hibiscus tree. Ooh. You have no idea. The bloom, some of them were almost eight to 10 inches in diameter. It must've had a hundred blooms over the past three months. I caught one lady walking her dog down the street. She used to come over and take the seeds out of one. Nobody around here. They have the little tiny ones on the ground, somebody told me. but And then farther down on the front, there's another one. And it's so heavy and smaller that the stalks this thick are laying on the ground. And that had another maybe a hundred blooms. Next to that is a wild zinnia that now has about 50 branches coming out of it and pink zinnias all. And next to that is a wild orange mum plant that's crawling mm. along the bottom. And then there's a magnolia tree on the corner of the property that's 30 feet tall and it had white blooms and now they're pink. It's having Ooh. another season. And where I put my tomato plants on the side, there's a wild zinnia growing behind the trellis between the tomatoes. I can't keep up with their butterfly bushes and there are hydrangeas and there are maple trees and there, you name it. I, so looking at the design, Tanya, your point well taken is that it was partly what Charlie planted. And I wrote a poem about it. I might share that with you after the show. What he planted and the design of what came up. Just because you put a seed in the ground doesn't mean it's gonna flower or blossom, right? So mm -hmm. this to me is looking around every day 
and and I get cardinals and squirrels that come on the windowsill outside my office here walking along. What's that? Oh my God, it's that squirrel again. Go home, go, go somewhere else. But the cardinals come and sit and look at me. Some of the birds peck on the window like they want to come in. So I'm looking at the design of nature, Tanya. Your point is so well taken. You can't ignore the color purple. There we go. We don't want to insult anybody. Thank you very much, ladies. That was lovely with the quotes. Now I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. You each sent four. And Fern, I've already decided I'm picking number one. I will read it. You don't need to go find it. I know you can't anyway. So I want you to take about three minutes, unpack it. And if Tanya or Linda has something to say, you just wiggle one of your nice fingers and I will call on you. So Fern says the following. I believe people were born with inherent creativity. To dream, to imagine, to create is an innate part of being a human. I found in my life the spark of imagination has been present from the beginning. In many ways, it was my imagination that helped me overcome the early years of bullying in school that I endured. Oh, I didn't expect that. Uh, Fern, go ahead. Take about three minutes and unpack that. How is? Give us a little more about your creativity, the imagination, please. Oh, yeah. I think that that's how I survived so much of my life um, as a kid being bullied, um, you know, because I was always the chubby one. I had crooked teeth, so I had, you know, braces and then, of course, glasses. And, you know, it was it took me a long time to like myself, to be honest, to come to a place of just liking myself and being fully me to be able to wear purple hair and be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. but the imagination is what kept me going because I lived in my world. I lived in the stories that I made up in the stories I read um, in the, in the characters that I created. And it, it allowed me to be whoever I wanted to be in that moment to, to take on courage, to take on, uh, you know, self-assurance to take on all these characteristics of, of, made up uh, characters in my writing pieces. And of course, now as an adult, I look at all the worlds I've created, you know, in my, my Thyrene Galactic wall universe in the, of my books has 51 planets that I play with, with all kinds of, of beings in it. And, you know, just because I grew up, you know, kind of in my head, I really grew up in my head. I love the way you said all the worlds I've created. What a lovely thing to be able to say. All the worlds I've, and anybody who's a novelist, right? Anybody who's a fiction writer has created a world somewhere, a world. somehow. The people, the setting, even if it's based loosely or not so loosely on real, they've created a world. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. Fern, thank you. Very, very interesting. Yes, we do try to uh, overcome or get around or find our space, find our niche or niche, however you pronounce it, and be able to live and survive and thrive in that niche that we create. Yes, thank you very much, Linda Cronin. Linda, I have to ask you, what's the J stand for? Would you like to tell me? Because I have you down as Linda J. Jean. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Well, if you had told me that, I wouldn't have let you come on the show. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Come on. Oh, my God, Linda Jean. That's lovely. I think Laura's middle name, LLL. -L -L, I think it's Laura Jean. I saw that. Just that Linda Cronin is so sing-songy. So. Linda Jean. 
Linda Jean Cronin. I like that. I like that a lot. So let's go to Linda's statement number two. I like this. This is interesting. You say, I need to be creative in all areas of my life, in my work, in my parenting, my play, my hobbies. For one thing, I'm going to stop right here. I do not do boring. Why don't you take it from there, Linda? Go ahead. I don't either. I don't think anybody, Tanya, you don't do boring, do you? No. <laughs> Fern, Fern, you know, she just thumbed her nose at boring years ago and said, not for me. Linda, go ahead. Let's hear from you. Well, I always have to think outside the box. It's just way more fun, you know. So uh, my work as a civil engineer, um, my day job, of course, I have to be creative. I do a lot of septic system designs. So I get people with their lovely gardens and I have to kind of snake the things in where as a guy comes in and he just levels the whole place and throws it in there. So I like to help people out and save their yards. Um, Of course, my parenting, right? They need to be parented differently. It's actually upside down parenting. So you kind of have to have fun. They really respond to humor. So it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that seem, you know, weird, like um, just, you know, jokes, just silly songs, silly dances. I'll do silly voices, you know, I'll talk to them silly voices and then they'll crack up and they'll kind of forget that they were, you know, what they were, you know, having a problem with. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, I just, I read a lot. Um, I like to go out into uh, the woods and photograph. You know, I am a photographer and that's part of my, a big thing for me. Like I can, even if it's raining, even if it's, you know, just the woods, I can find some beautiful leaf that's shaped this way or a spider web or, you know, I can, I really can make something out of nothing. A lot of the times I have to look for it. I also have to be, you know, kind of calm and, you know, surrender and, and relinquish that control and just relax. And then and then things come to me. They do. They really just hit me upside the head a lot. <laughs> I have to go with it. Sometimes I'll t- tell you a funny story. When I started using, I went from watercolors to paint pouring acrylics. And I would put my paints down, put two little cups together and pour the layered paints on them. And then I, you tilt the canvas. You don't use brushes. You use a balloon filled with water and you make these indentations that come out with flowers. You use string in the shape of an S and you make lilies. It's fascinating. No brushes. Sometimes I finger paint. And I tilt, tilt the canvas. And one day I looked and I said, there are three elephants in my picture. They're in a forest. They're coming, marching across the forest. How the heck did they get there? I didn't draw or paint three elephants, but there they were. As clear as day, Tanya and Fern, they just were there, the elephants. And then I did another one, tilted and waited for the paint, and you know, it kind of blends and makes all kinds of things you could never do with a brush, never do with a pencil. And I looked and all of a sudden, it was just about middle, going toward the end of, of what we thought was the end of COVID about a year ago. And I looked and it looked like a stage, a Broadway stage with people dancing joyfully in the paint. I didn't put them there. I didn't, I didn't ask them to go there. They just appeared. So you're right. You give up control, Linda. You relinquish control, as you said, and you let things happen. And look what happens. And they're there. Sometimes they just, they just walk into your painting. Hello. Anyway, we've heard of romances where he just walked into my life. Yeah, I'm waiting. Anyway, thank you very much. Lovely. Tanya, I fixed statement number one. I'm going to read part of it. This is very, you made a very important statement here. You say, I often hear people say they're not creative. This makes the hair stand up in the back of my neck. Okay, now here's where, here's the point. You say, we confuse artistic with creativity. 
they're not the same thing. Maybe you can't paint like da Vinci, or you can't sculpt like Michelangelo, or play piano like Stevie Wonder, or design like Armani, but we're all creative. And then you relate this to, if you put me in front of a block of clay and say, make something, you'll probably get a bowl that looks like a four-year-old made it just because I cannot make beautiful things with clay, but it doesn't mean I'm not creative. Tanya, very interesting. Talk to me. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm just going to elaborate on the making things with clay part because I am a designer. I have a gift of being able to look at a room and imagine that room with nothing in it and then reimagine it to meet a set of parameter or criteria that suits my client or the users of that space or occupants of that space. Um, that's a level of creativity. But if you were to put me in front of a block of clay, it would look like a four-year-old created a bowl <laughs> or, or worse. Uh, and so the, the two things are not equal. Being artistic and being creative are, it's not equal. We are by our nature creators. We create the world in which we live by our imaginations. We live and work and we, we create our vocations using skills and gifts and talents that we have. And in that we are creators. Everything we do, we are creators. It is not the same as being uh, artistic necessarily. And so by our nature, every single one of you out there in the audience, you're all, we are all uh, creatives. That's why I tell people you can come on my show, even if you're not a singer or a dancer or an artist, right? Yeah, or a designer or an author, because we're mm -hmm. all, I've had doctors, I've had attorneys, I've had coaches, I've had therapists, because they're all creating something that wasn't there before in their work or in their home or in their play. So there you go. Thank you, ladies. Very interesting. We have uh, just about mm, nine minutes left, and I want to have some fun doing some famous birthdays and some famous events in music history, or not so famous, some national holidays. And uh, first of all, I'll tell you, October is the month of museums and galleries. It's a month of National Apple Month. I'm going to read the foods for the month of October. Caramel, caramel, some people say, chili, cookies, dessert, Pasta, I'm hungry already. Pickled peppers, I'll pass. Pizza, pretzels, sausage, and vegetarian month. Those are all the things. And today, the national holiday is National Consignment Day, if you ever give clothes to Goodwill or, or St. Vincent's. It's National Name Your Car Day. Fern, have you ever named your car? Oh, yes. I love naming them. They what's have your, personalities. Yeah, what's your current car? What's it named? Oh, Midnight. Midnight? She's, okay. She's my Midnight. Tanya, would you name a car? Absolutely. My current car is Joya. Ooh, interesting. Linda, what about you? Well, my car is called Sage now because it's Sage Green, but my last truck was called Parks because I took a two-month trip with my kids around the national parks, and Parks took us there. Oh, nice. I haven't named a car. I named a boat. Um, I named a boat, let's see, uh, years ago, my boat was named Libra. And I still have the, the key, the plastic thing with the Libra on it, because that was my birthday. So I haven't named a car, but the front of my license plate of my Z4 BMW right now, it's black and it's convertible and it's gorgeous. 
the front plate says AKA Radio Red and it's mirrored and a friend had it made for me. So when I park in parking lots, people say, oh, that's, uh, oh, look at the point of my car. It's like, leave me alone. Anyway, so very interesting. Yes, a little bit of advertising. So that took care of that. Oh, it's also uh, National Michelle Day. So if you know anybody named Michelle, it's not her birthday, but you can just say happy day to anybody named Michelle. And it's National Curry Week. Does anybody like curry? I do. You do? Okay. <laughs> I, I, it depends on how much curry is in it. Okay, that's fine. So now let me tell you some famous birthdays. Today is the birthday of photographer Annie Leibovitz. Everybody knows her, famous, famous photographer. Don McLean, American Pie. Okay, he is 78 today. Annie is 74. Fashion designer Donna Karan, or Karen, is 75. Whoa. Sting, ah, 72 years old. Every breath I take. Uh, and Lorraine Bracco, remember her from Sopranos? She is 69. And let's see, uh, the voice actor who played Johnny Bravo's voice is Jeff Bennett is his name. He's 61. Kelly Ripa, 53 today. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. And in, in memoriam, two people you will recognize their names who are no longer with us. Groucho Marx was born today in 1890. I do my homework, Fern. And Bud Abbott from Abbott and Costello was born today in 1897. Now, I have two social media stars whose birthdays we're going to celebrate together. We're going to wish them a happy birthday. I'm going to do this fast. You've never heard of them, but they're interesting, and you won't believe. So one is named Honeybee ASMR. Are you familiar with ASMR, Fern? No. no. Tanya, no. Linda? ASMR is a sensory type of video where somebody will just perhaps just chew gum close to a microphone or open up a package with bubble wrap or brush their hair. And mm. people are mesmerized by this. It's an entire industry on YouTube. So this lady is named Honeybee, H-U-N-N-I, capital B-E-E, ASMR. She's 29. Are you sitting down, Fern? Fern, you are sitting down. Okay. For mm -hmm. you, she has 8 million subscribers, Fern. And wow. what I like to say is, if only. Yes, she models chic fashion on Nay McCray Cray. That's her Instagram account. She mentioned on Insta that she likes to eat dessert first. Apparently, people like that. She had 80 million views since 2019 for her video. You ready? ASMR, edible champagne bottle, spoons, hairbrush, popping boba, bubble tea, most popular foods with two Chinese characters. 80 million views. Wow. Tanya, if only? Yes? Only. Maybe if maybe we should all start eating dessert first. I th <laughs> and, and go on a microphone. That's it. You need a very sensitive <laughs> mic. And I have one more for you. This young man's name is Alex Ojeda, O-J-E-D-A. Oh, she was 29. Alex Ojeda is 22. He's on TikTok. And he does mm. comedic lip sync and dance videos made with family and friends. And he does videos testing out roller co coasters, water slides, and other extreme games at theme parks. And he only also has 8 million fans. I mean, seriously, what are these people doing? Wow. They, nobody's paying any attention to them. I know. I know. In 1954, in this day, Elvis Presley made his one and only appearance at the Grand Old Opry singing Blue Moon of Kentucky. The crowd did not like it because of his take on traditional country music. The director told Presley, go back to driving a truck. And oh. Elvis says, I'm never coming back. 
Milbus is not in the building. In 1971 in the States, Soul Train debuted on TV with guests Gladys Knight and the Pips, Eddie Kendricks, and Honeycone has stayed on the air 35 years. Wow. In 1971, same day, Rod Stewart, still a member of the group Faces, went to number one in America with his mandolin-powered solo smash, Maggie May. You all know the song, inspired by the woman who took his, you know what, I can't say the word. In 1982... Yeah, yeah, it, it was something to do with on top of a Sunday. Yes, in 1982, Jack and Diane, a ditty about two American kids growing up in the heartland, hit number one in the U.S., first and only for John Cougar. I didn't know he was a one-hit wonder. Who goes to his re- my, was re- na- real name, John Mellencamp. In 1986, on this day, the Everly Brothers were awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 2002, Return of the King, 25 years after his death, Elvis Presley has a number one album in 17 17- countries including in the u.s elvis elv with the number one instead of the is 30 number one hits makes its debut in 2009 esquire announced that kate beckinsale was their sexiest woman alive with a video of her set to the song goodbye hollywood by death and in 2011 lewis tomlinson of one direction sends a tweet to his bandmate harry styles that becomes the second most retweeted tweet in history i don't know what he said that's all i don't know what he said so let's do a quick a really really quick um where can people find you fern quick website where can people find you well www.fernbrady.com is very easy and if you if you go on amazon and you put fern brady you're gonna get two people you're gonna get the scottish comedian lady who is amazingly funny and you're gonna get me and so, you know, you can look me up there as well. You can see all my awesome books. Okay. Fern Brady, F-E-R-N-B-R-A-D-Y.com. Thank you, Linda Cronin. Where can people find you? www.positopiaworld.com. P-O-S-S-I-T-O-P-I-A-W-O-R-L-D. I'm sorry. I love to spell those. So thank you very much. Tanya Comer, where can people find you? Very easy. Just like Fern. TanyaComer.com, my first and last name. T-O-N-Y-A-C-O-M-E-R.com. Ladies, I have the top 10 tips for women in 2014, and the top one was aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Let me do my closing. It still works, doesn't it? Life is short. <laughs> Listen up. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Eh, not so much. A kiss slowly, but don't forgive quickly. I, I, I get them all mixed up. Love truly. Ladies, laugh uncontrollably with me for two seconds. One, two, three. <laughs> Oh, Fern, that was good. And never, ever regret it. I should always do it at the beginning of the show. Never regret anything that made you smile. Final words, work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching when I was teaching disco in high heels on a four-mica tabletop in a high school cafeteria. Everybody watched. I didn't fall. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing tonight. I was very good at love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Let your heart rejuvenate, regrow, come back, and love again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody thank you for turning me on everybody wave goodbye don't go away we're gonna take pictures wave goodbye to linkedin and wave goodbye to facebook jordan are we good thanks again for tuning in to read my lips radio presented by the voice america variety channel tweet your questions and comments to at radio red 777 Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
We wish you a positively cool creative week.